0: 18 days between Peter Townsend's return to London and the princess's decision were a period of mounting suspense. Now she has put her royal duty first. Outside Clarence House, the day after the announcement, people hope to see and encourage her. The hearts of all in Britain and the Commonwealth are with the young princess, who has chosen not self, but country. The group captain flies back to Brussels. The end of a story of love and duty. With duty Revelations 19.16 On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I've always been fascinated by the monarchy of England. Their history gives way to the best stories television has to offer. From the horrifying King Henry VIII to the beloved Queen Elizabeth II, the birthright has wielded some of the most powerful rulers in the world. What I like about the monarchy is that there are anointed kings and queens, and with the crown comes a sense of duty. It is expected to override one's personal pleasure. In some ways, I think we as Americans have lost what duty really means, specifically Christians. Duty is defined as a moral or legal obligation, a responsibility, a task or action that someone is required to perform. I'm watching a Netflix series called The Crown. Its main character is Queen Elizabeth II. Her sister, Princess Margaret, had an affair with Peter Townsend, thereby causing his divorce and further scandal. Deciding to marry, they would need the approval of the crown. But the battle is between the sisters and their love to their father and vow to support each other. While Queen Elizabeth II, as a sister, is completely understanding of her sister's desire to marry the divorcee, her duty calls for much higher standards. Their marriage would also require approval of both the Parliament and the Cabinet, of which they could not get their support. Therefore, Queen Elizabeth II stepped up to her duty and denied her sister approval. Princess Margaret could, however, choose to still marry Peter Townsend, but in doing so, she would give up everything. She would give up all of her royalty, her title, and her income. This story sounds a lot like my struggle with our King and Lord. I'm consistently wandering off, falling in love, chasing idols, and while my Lord completely understands my humanness, he cannot give his approval. My pastor calls this a special kind of grace. I guess what he means is what I've experienced in my life would be considered a series of divine interventions, a hallway of closed doors, or as Alanis Morissette would sing, isn't it ironic, don't you think? For some 20 plus years, I've run from the Lord, not understanding that I am of royal blood, a daughter of a king, a princess who is soon to be wed, a virgin bride, a queen. Let's just say I faced a series of unfortunate events. One after the other, doors slammed shut. The most memorable one is obviously the one tied to the most money, right? It would be that or love. I had started working for a New York strip club. I had never seen that amount of money I made in one night in my entire life. I was doomed. Why would I ever look back? The relief had come to lift the heavy burden of such poverty and lack. Most of all, I would be able to pay for my own safety, my own place. I was finally in control. Nobody could come in my room or kick me out of my home. The lack of money had weighed me down for as long as I can remember. But for a brief moment, that was all in the past. Night after night and week after week, the thousands just kept pouring in. My wallet was overflowing. But the Lord would have none of that. Within a few months, he slammed that door shut and for good. I was what they call blackballed in the industry. I had failed to keep some very important person happy through sexual means. And that was it for me. Wow! The duty of my Lord's kingdom prevailed in my life. Like a scene straight out of Alice in Wonderland's Upside Down, I had not even surrendered to the Lord at that point, nor did I for several years. But it was certainly a turning point to my descent up from hell. I look back in tearful gratefulness, thinking about what I could have become or where I have been, if I would even still be alive. My king and his kingdom, while very understanding of my humanity and my plot born into poverty, made a final ruling. No. Duty prevailed. Thank you, Lord. Now I've heard some Christians make the argument God has no desire for a king or a queen or president to govern people. A vast number of conspiracy theorists also hang their head on one story found in scripture. It's about a prophet and a judge. Some also considered him a priest who ruled the people of Israel named Samuel. God himself had called Samuel as a seer, a prophet, and judge anointed to rule the people. The elders of Israel went to Samuel in his old age after his sons had ruled treacherously in corruption and bribery, perverting justice. They asked him to appoint a king which displeased him. So he prayed samuel warned his people that a king would take from them this is what he said he will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses and they will run in front of his chariots some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of 50 and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and his attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkey he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. The people replied give us a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles god told samuel it is not you that they've rejected but they've rejected me as their king listen to them and give them a king today we live in a free republic this description of a king is not anything like our government Our president does not have the right to take from the people to serve his or her personal needs. Rather, people choose to serve our government. The monarchy has wielded its power to do evil in the past, yes, when corrupted by money and the indulgences of the Catholic Church. But I think that we could all agree the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, is not taking anyone's fields or livestock, and her kingdom is not taking captive personal slaves. Think about it. This passage relates more to a half a dozen religious organizations I can think of offhand known as cults and several militia groups we fight today like ISIS. These are the evil kingdoms full of kings God is against. Now, while it's true those people God chooses are quite undeserving and at times may have questionable character, he still anoints us and calls us to fulfill a duty. God says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. King David comes to mind, who we are told for a while veered from his path and had an affair with a married woman, Bathsheba. Not only that, he had her husband move to the front lines in battle so he could ensure his death by enemy forces to cover up his crime. Just like the scripture states, God did judge him. There was a high price to pay for David and Bathsheba. They lost their firstborn son. And yet God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David repented and Bathsheba gave birth to King Solomon later, known in the Bible as one of its most wisest kings. Now listen, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He still anoints kings and queens, prophets and priests and presidents. God anointed kings to lead his people and even positioned a queen to hold his own chosen people within the power of her hands. She risked her own life to save her people from complete annihilation. It's true. The scripture tells us that the church is likened to God's wife, a bride in waiting, and therefore on a day still to come, we are queen in our own right. Jesus said, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And yet we have forgotten our sense of duty to the kingdom of heaven. And instead we seek pleasure at all cost. Our gowns soiled, dirty over and over again. God warns the bride that he wants her to be ready to stand by his side. 2 Timothy 3 reminds us, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. He goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, have nothing to do with such people who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. How many of us know people like that? And it sounds to me like we all need to get back to a sense of duty. Wow, my life used to resemble a very fast car traveling down the highway to hell. I can't begin to imagine where I would be without all of my mother's prayers and God's divine interventions. All the closed doors in my life were a blessing. As king, God has taken a moral and legal obligation. He has sworn an oath to himself, a kingdom of truth and love and purity, to bless us with his duty. He loves me so much that he refused to allow me to give away my royalty, my title, my value we have a good king who understands our human weaknesses in all ways and yet it is his kingdom and we are his bride a queen in the making would you like god to intervene in your life too because he will here is our prayer lord even though we are undeserving and can be very ungrateful at times for so many closed doors we beg of thee god in spite of ourselves through your Son, Jesus Christ, that in your great wisdom and power, who has anointed us as Queen, keep us for that day, so that we can stand beside you and be crowned. I am aware that I am surrounded by people who feel that they could do the job better. Strong people with powerful characters. More natural leaders, perhaps better suited to leading from the front, making a mark. But for better or worse, the crown has landed on my head, and I say we go. God save you God save God save next time follow the, the breadcrumbs like us on facebook subscribe to our blog and visit our website breadcrumbministries.com listen to our podcast donate to our ministry or shop